my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I'm bringing you a special episode. It's a birthday honored episode. Yes, we are celebrating the birthday of one Jody Sweden who played Stephanie Tanner. Should we call her Stephanie Tanner Gibbler at this point? I don't know. Does she hyphen her name? Does she take Jimmy's name? I don't know. So, of course, her birthday, January 19th, I wanted to do Season 2, Episode 10 of Full House, entitled Middle Age Crazy, which aired on January 6th, 1989. Steph gets a crazy feeling of being middle-aged as her two sisters run with all the attention. A garden wedding with Harry as groom and Jimmy as minister. Not Jimmy Gibbler, guys. Don't get ahead of yourselves. Jimmy as minister takes some of the heat. What does that mean? Take some of the heat? What? I'm confused. <laughs> of course, as always, I, I love to find out what they wrote on the DVD case. Because I like to see like what one's better. She's either too young or too old. Middle child Stephanie thinks her sisters get all the attention. Uh, I like that one definitely better than this, which I still don't understand. Jimmy, as minister, takes some of the heat. Okay. <laughs> Actually, the kid who plays Jimmy, Zachary Bostrom, does play in at least another episode alongside Walter in Divorce Court. And this actor, Zachary, also was in... If you don't know, I'm going to probably blow your minds with this. Remember the movie Harry and the Hendersons? From, like, 1989? Or, actually, now that I think about it, I'm not sure... When did Harry and the Hendersons come up? Well, anyway, um, there was a television show of Harry and the Hendersons. I know. It's totally great, but I do remember. Wow, this kid has been in quite a few different television shows. He was in an episode of Home Improvement. He was in an episode of Who's the Boss? Parker Lewis can't lose. Okay, here we go. Harry and the Hendersons ran from 91 to 93. I think the episodes might even be on YouTube right now. Three seasons. Oh, my gosh. 5.6. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This was a... When did Harry and the Hendersons came out in 1987? Why did I think 89? I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, I just that was such a good movie. And I do remember watching some of the episodes. So going back to Middle Age Crazy, this episode has a 7.10, 7 7.10, 7.2 out of 10, based on 215 
ratings. We have Harry, played by Nathan, I'm going to butcher your last name, I apologize, Nishiguchi? Let's see, what did Harry do? Oh, he was in an episode of Highway to Heaven? He was in an episode of something Hiroshima in 1990? And that was pretty much it for him. Is there anything else? Uh, he was born, he's two years and two months older than me. Wow, I am jelly. I am very jelly. But then again, I mean, Jody Sweden's like eight months older than me, so. <laughs> Some of the kids, and then when I get to this scene in the backyard, which is funny, think about it. She gets married in the backyard when she's like eight years, seven years old, right? Flash forward a good 30 years into the future, she's getting married again in the backyard, this episode was directed by Peter Baldwin. Writers Jeff Franklin, the creator. We got Lawrence H. Hartstein and Richard Rosner. Also writing for this episode. Ooh, we got Connections. Leave it to Beaver. Jesse calls Joey the Beaver. Oh, he didn't call Joey the Beaver. He called the kid who played Jimmy the Beaver. And we, I think we only learned that that kid's name is Jimmy in divorce court, which doesn't come around until, when does divorce court come out? I'm looking. Oh, hold on. I think it's a season three episode. Season three episode eight? Yes, I was right. All right. Okay, <laughs> I've got to go back. Middle age crazy. Here we go. All right. So, let's see. Trivia, trivia, trivia. Michelle wears the exact same dungaree Stephanie wears in El Problema Grande de DJ. Really? Well, I'll have to watch for that. Is dungaree another word for overhauls? I never knew that. Ah, yeah, that's right. Harry and Stephanie get married in this episode. In Fuller House 2016, adult Stephanie calls Harry my husband. In the Fuller House episode, Were the Roses, there is a clip of the wedding from this episode. Some of the cards as decorations in Joey's room are full house hands in poker. I did not know that. That is very interesting. Oh, we got some goofs. When Stephanie flies in her dream, the wires holding her up are visible several times. Well, you know what? They didn't have CGI to erase them in 1989. So, continuity. When Michelle listens to the song on her tape player, the orientation of the earphone holder changes between shots. Revealing mistakes. When Harry and Stephanie are getting married, Stephanie is seen mouthing Harry's lines when he mentions the Scooby-Doo tattoo. I gotta keep my eye on that. I gotta check that out. I, yeah, definitely. All right, so of course your favorite and mine are the user reviews. Yay, I love the user reviews. First up, of course, the ever faithful Power Mandan with a nine out of 10. Titling it, Speak the Truth. This is from May 7, 2017. Being the middle child has been said Okay, I'm trying to understand. Being the middle child has been said, 
tone the worst position among siblings. The elder sibling needs all the help growing up and getting things anew. And the youngest is so adorable. So where does that leave the middle child? One thing that I've always liked about this episode is how honest it is about how it portrays DJ Stephanie Michelle. Not just a general three children piece. DJ is a self-entitled arrogant know-it-all while Michelle is an ungrateful spoiled brat. Stephanie can have her moments like her sisters, but those moments are few and far between. So DJ needs help with a science project and Danny has been taping Michelle doing cute things. They all seem random to Stephanie. She daydreams an exaggeration of her situation, which involves her going to Mars and nobody caring. Pretty accurate. She decides to marry her boyfriend, Harry. A wedding ceremony is held, but nobody takes it seriously. A traditional full house ending happens, and I thought to myself, sure, here's to all the middle children out there. Seven out of ten <laughs> by Mitch RMP. Titled, I Love You Like Icing in an Oreo. <laughs> this is from February 20, 2014. The main story is that Stephanie is stuck in the middle of her sister's... Oh, that's what... The uh, the, I, the middle of the Oreo. Yep, things in the middle. Yep, yep, yep. The main story is that Stephanie is stuck in the middle of her sister's. DJ is getting attention because of her egg project. I think I had to do something like that when I was in... Uh, that tech ed class in seventh grade and michelle is just plain old cute danny's busy filming his cutest little girl and doesn't want to see stephanie's breaking doesn't want to see stephanie breaking the hula hoop record or listen to her singing a song jess and joey claim they are too busy writing a jingle though they stop when dj needs help with the project even her friends who marries her her friend who marries her runs home for supper and leaves her all alone. Being the oldest, I don't know what this would feel like, but I can assure her that being the oldest isn't any picnic either. You are the test child, their learning experiment. This episode is okay. Only Full House can make an entire episode out of being the middle child. Yeah, let's think about some middle kids, middle children on other sitcoms. Um, First that comes to mind. Randy Taylor from Home Improvement. Uh, what about Jan Brady and Peter Brady? They're both middle children of their siblings. And it seems like, I think out of the two of them, it seems like Jan really had it the worst with how great Marsha was. And just Jan felt like she's always just the middle kid. She's not cute like Cindy. She's not like adored like Marsha. Hence the Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Definitely want to cover those movies at some point on uh, the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast. <laughs> those movies are hilarious. I remember seeing um, the first one in the, in the theater, and I didn't really watch many of the Brady Bunch in reruns. I actually have the show on DVD, but um, <laughs> so I didn't get some of the references, but I had watched enough of the episodes on DVD to when I watched the movies again, I was picking up cues that I hadn't originally in past viewings of the movies. Um, some other middle kids. Uh, Carol Seaver from Growing Pains. You also had... 
what's her name? Oh, what? Mallory from Family Ties. Uh, Cosby Show had, who was the middle kid in that? Gosh, I'm trying to think. Because he had Sandra, Denise, Theo, um, Vanessa, and Rudy. So, would that kind of make Denise the middle? I, I have no idea. Once it gets past, like, three kids, you're like, okay, who's the middle kid again? Darlene Connor on Roseanne. She was a middle child. Max on Fuller House. He's the middle child, but he doesn't act like he's not getting attention. Laura Ingalls on Little House. She'd be the middle child. But honestly, she gets more attention all, than all three of those kids. Because you know she's Pa's favorite. Corey on Boy Meets World, he'd be considered a middle child because you got Morgan, who's the youngest, and Eric, who's the oldest. Heather Owens, another one for Mr. Belvedere. All right, so now that we've exhausted as many as I can think of as far as middle children go, I want to get into the official Full House podcast business. Those Tanner newbies that are just listening to the podcast for the first time, welcome aboard the Tanner train. I'll tell you about ways you can find the podcast on social media, Facebook page, just pop in, Full House Podcast, Fuller House Podcast, and into the search bar, the podcast page will pop up, you can like it, that way you'll know what episodes I'm doing when, I don't go in the order of episode by episode, season by season, I do themed episodes, whether it's by a character or um, a theme, like a season, you know, holiday episodes. Right now, I'm currently recording episodes for the Tanner Girls in Love series, which will be in February. That's center on an episode of the girls being in, in what they, you know, love. Uh, Michelle with Baby Love, Stephanie Plays the Field in season four, season sixes. Lovers and Other Tanners, and of course, the final Valentine's Day episode, Dateless in San Francisco. Also, the podcast has an Instagram page, OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod, and a Twitter at OMHC Full House. If you want to reach out to the podcast and talk about your memories, your favorite characters, you can send an email or just message me on the Facebook page. The email is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to find a way to support the podcast, I don't do Patreon. The only thing I ask is if you got a minute, jump on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, leave a review. All five-star reviews for the podcast help it get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. All right, without further ado, let's jump into Middle Age Crazy. But before we officially get into the episode, we get to see the cold open. All right, so the episode, the cold open here, is actually set in Michelle's room where the guys are having more fun than Michelle is because they're all blowing bubbles and Michelle actually walks out of the room uninterested. Well, maybe that explains why she's not interested in that little bubble gun that Joey brings out in season seven, six? For Nikki and Alex. Uh, <laughs> Two more, Michelle. Whoa. Dip it in there, put it in, and blow it. There goes a the double. 
They're having so much fun. She looks a little nervous when it comes right to her face. Bye, Michelle! <laughs> As she left the room. Watch this. Watch how I do. Good boy. I don't mind you playing, but I sure hope you finished your homework. Oh, DJ. We finished our homework. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting DJ to come in and say, "Now, boys, I hope you know to have finished your homework." <laughs> like, oh yeah, we did that. <laughs> When Michelle is getting ready to blow a bubble into the little wand, she has this look like, <laughs> right when Jesse says, watch, look out, she makes this cringy face. Like, <laughs> and as she walks out of the room, DJ walks in <laughs> and says, I hope you boys finish your homework. And that's pretty much the cold open. So, yeah, we come out of the intro. We are in the kitchen. Danny's got his camcorder in one hand and Michelle in the other. And he's telling her how he's going to make videos of her to show all the nice viewers of Wake Up San Francisco. Okay. Well, hey, maybe this is uh, what got the idea rolling for uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. Who knows? Why are the viewers going to care? I mean, does Becky get to do? I don't know what home movie she's going to be bringing over, but maybe someone, like, fell off their stool while they are milking a cow and then cow, like, peed on their head or something. I don't know. So, Danny sets up the shot and gives direction to Michelle. He says, all right, when I say action, you come over to this little table here, which has a bowl of cereal and a sippy cup, and he says, you show everybody how you can eat like a big girl. And she's shaking her head like, nope. She goes right over to that bouncing horse. And Danny's got, you know, an 80s version of a camcorder, which is the VHS tape kind that looks like it weighs like 20 pounds on the shoulder. That looks like the way that he races over to her because he's like, no, no horsey. Table, sit at the table. And he's taking the camera so the viewer's going to see her face and then... Danny swings the camera around to the table and back again. It's like, you're going to make somebody physically ill. I remember when I was watching um, some footage I had taken back in 09 with my camcorder, it wasn't a monster like um, Danny's, but it's just the way I was angling the camera and the quick cuts and this and that. It's like, I was getting physically sick. And it made me think of when I walked out of the Blair Witch Project in the theater because I was getting physically ill, ill with the jerky camera movements. <laughs> now she says, horsey, and she gets on the horse. And Danny says, okay, well, we'll make this a Western then. So he puts her on the horse and he says, can you say yippee-yi-yo-kaye? And she shakes her head, no. Danny, she's just learning how to speak. Um, I don't think she can say a mouthful of words yet. So Stephanie comes in with her hula hoop and she is so excited. She says, Daddy, guess what? I did 103 hula hoops at school today. And Harry is so excited for it. He's like, it was awesome. Like, you had to be there. I wish I had a cell phone because I should have gotten footage of it. <laughs> 
And I'm guessing Harry must have been the one standing next to her counting. And I bet anything, like, all the kids are like, oh, look it! Stephanie's going to break the hula hoop record. Let's go watch. I mean, that's impressive. I mean, she's got a small body, and you know how a hula hoop is, like, round. You just you got to work your, you know, your hips and everything. Oh, my gosh. What? It reminds me of the cold open. I think it's in season seven or eight. It might have been season eight. Where <laughs> Michelle's doing the hula hoop thing and DJ comes in and she's a pro. Like, well, let's see, Michelle, what do you want? The arm, the neck, the stomach, the ankles? Because Michelle's betting DJ that she can beat her at uh, the number of times uh, to have a hula hoop go around. And apparently DJ is a master at it. Because she can't just do it around her waist. She can do it around her ankles, her neck. Which I don't think that would be a smart move. Her arm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but luckily, <laughs> Michelle gets her back with the limbo. Because <laughs> Nikki and Alex are holding up the bar. <laughs> How low can you go? <laughs> And she, Stephanie starts in the living room, like, one, two, three, four. And I love how Harry's counting along with her. And Danny interrupts her and says, honey, I would love to watch you do this, but I'm making a video of your sister. Okay, so you think Wake Up San Francisco viewers are going to want to see just Michelle. I'm like, no, why don't you make a video of all three of your daughters so they don't feel left out? If I were Stephanie, I definitely would have called Danny out. Well, it looks like you, 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 by you doing this, this just proves that you favor Michelle over me and DJ. He's like, I'm very happy for you, Steph, but right now I'm busy making a movie about your adorable sister. I'd be like, what are you implying, Dad? I'm not adorable? Because she says, I can be adorable, too. One, two, three, four. This big old grin on her face. And he basically cuts her off and says, Steph, I'll watch you later, okay? Thank you. And he, 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 he cuts her off and says, I'm very sorry, but this tape is just about Michelle. <gasps> oh, right in the feels, Danny. And he says, I'll watch you later. Yeah, right. And the look of hurt on her face, like... You know what I was just thinking? If Pam had lived, do you think they would have had a fourth kid? I bet they would have. Hey, maybe Danny could have had that son he always wanted. Well, he does get three grandsons in the future, so. And the audience is just like, oh, when they see that hurt look in Stephanie's face. And we just see Michelle bouncing up and down on that horse. Okay, Michelle, Daddy is going to make a home video of you to show all the nice viewers that wake up San Francisco. All right, when I say action, you walk over to the table and you show everybody how you eat like a big girl. All right, Michelle? All righty. Okay, now go to the table and action. No, no, no mercy. No mercy, honey. Sit at the table. The table. The table. Say yippee i o kai No. 
happy for you, but right now I'm busy making a movie about your adorable little sister. Daddy, I can be adorable too. One, two, three. <laughs> Stephanie, I'm very sorry, but this tape is just about Michelle. I'll watch you later. So next we are down in Joey's basement apartment, which also is used for the advertising company that Jesse and Joey work for. At the time, right now, they don't have J&J Creative Services. I believe that is in season four because DJ has a career day. I remember that. And Joey and Jesse were going to be speakers for that. And then, of course, yeah, the IQ man, that's the one. Yep, yep, yep. So... We kind of combine plots B and C, B being Jesse and Joey coming up with a jingle for the Sweat World Exercise Club, and C being the plot for DJ's science project egg, science, science project egg drop, which I think I had to do something like that in seventh grade. So Jesse is on the phone with Mr. Dreyer, who is, I'm guessing it might be either their boss or the person who's in charge of finding someone to write a jingle for the Sweat World Health Club. He's like, oh yeah, we got a whole basket full of ideas as Joey takes a bunch of wadded up papers and hitting <laughs> Jesse in the side of the face with them. Just chucks him at him. And Jesse looks at Joey like, I'm going to beat you after I get off this phone. So yeah, when Jesse gets off the phone, he starts having a paper wad war with Joey. And it's like, what is the deal here? You know, what is the problem here? Why can't we come together with this jingle? Why is it so hard? And Joey says, I'm a funny guy, and he looks at Jesse and says, must be you. Jesse tells Joey, look, we can start turning on each other, all right? We make a great team. We're the best. We're the brightest. And Jesse kind of sums up the reason this jingle is taking so long is because it's, we're holding out for quality. So they decide to go to the reject pile in the trash and see if they could pull out any possible winners first idea they uh, tossed in the trash, or the one that Joey found on the floor, is the wrap that they were going to do. Oh boy. Jesse says, we hated that three days ago. And I love Joey. As he says, three days ago I wasn't on my knees sifting through garbage. So they start beatboxing. <laughs> and oh my goodness. So here's how it goes. And honestly, by 2021 standards, it is an effect offensive rap with just with as far as fat shaming goes and all of that nowadays it goes if your body's looking chubby your friends call you tubby and your wife's out shopping for a brand new hubby you better stop crying and start pumping iron at the sweat world i mean other than it being you know offensive with the fat shaming it's not terrible have that be like option two or three audience loves it they go whoa yeah <laughs> it's like yeah that was good right no it was terrible it was not good at all i gotta say i love joey's 
It's basically a bathroom. There is no shower in there. It's just like a toilet and a sink. But I love the blue tile with the um, the red kind of running along the top of it. His room is definitely very, very colorful. So since Danny won't watch her hula, let's find some other folks in this house that might want to watch. Hey, maybe they'll get inspired for something by watching her. She says, guess what? I broke the first grade record. Watch me do 103 hulas. And she keeps going and Jesse's like, Steph, 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 Steph. And he finally like grabs hold of the hula and you just see her kind of like going in a, in a circle so her, her hips are swiveling. <laughs> like, I can't stop. Joy says, Steph, look, I'll tell you what, we'll watch you later, all right? And she's later to hate that word. All those people in the house and none of them can take a hot second. What's it going to take? Five minutes for her to do 103 holas? Maybe. She'll break her record again. Get 104. Ooh, what if she got 111? So Jesse explains, you know, he apologizes like, Steph, I'm sorry, but your uncle Jesse and Joey were under tremendous pressure. Oh, I see that Joey's got, he's got a uh, computer with a printer there set up oh my goodness <laughs> here comes dj guys you gotta help me with my science homework i'm desperate this girl's pretty good with school so the fact that she's got a science project that's due what tomorrow or next week uh, it just that's not like dj she doesn't put things off so stephanie says dj get in line Uncle Jesse and Joey are under tremendous pressure. They don't have time to deal with your, what, school project. So with that, Stephanie heads upstairs <laughs> and DJ explains to them, I have to build some kind of homemade thingy to drop an egg two stories without breaking it. And it's due tomorrow. And Jesse and Joey are like, T tomorrow as in tomorrow. Why are you waiting to the last minute? <laughs> Yeah, Jesse is, he's like, I ain't buying this. Like, seriously, your teacher only gave you one day to do this homemade thingy. And DJ's like, well, she might have given us a day or a week or a month. <laughs> and she's like, hey, you gave us a little more than a day. And Joey's like, how many more than a day? And DJ says, well, a day. And she turns around or two or 20. And they're like, 20? Seriously? You wait till the day, you have 20, had 20 days, and you wait till the night before? And now she guilt him with like, if I don't pass this class, I'm going to fail the 7th grade, and then, or the 6th grade, and then I'm, my life will be over. She says, technically the last minute isn't until 8.59 tomorrow morning. Jesse looks at her and says, you ought to start thinking about law school. So she tells him, guys, if I fail the science project, I won't get out of the sixth grade. Okay, that's a bit much, DJ. That's, how, do you have a bad grade in this class? Are you saying that this class, this project is the one thing that holds you back from moving up to the seventh grade? I find that hard to believe. She's a pretty studious student. So she starts begging them, like, oh, come on, Joey, please, please, please. Well, honestly, I mean, I don't see why the guys couldn't take a break from their jingle thing and, you know, 
maybe we'll get inspired by helping DJ out and just kind of like, sometimes it's like if you're stuck on something, what do they say? Come back to it and do something else for a little bit and come back to it. And you, that's usually sometimes how ideas happen. Like you're like, okay, I'm stuck on this. I can't, or even like when you're taking a test and you're stuck on a particular problem, but you don't want to move to the next because you want to do them in order. Finally, it's to the point of you need to like move on to the next one and do, what do they say? Like do the problems you know, and then come back to the ones that you don't. Because if you spend so much time focusing on the one you don't know, you end up running out of time. So just do what you know. Or, as they say, give it your best shot. So, yeah, she's, like, clinging to Joey's arm, like, please, 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 as she lays her head on his shoulder. And Joey's like, well. And Jesse's like, yeah, sure, Deej, go right to Mr. Softy. So Jesse stresses the utmost importance to Joey. It's like, we don't have time to be dropping eggs now. We gotta concentrate on this jingle. Jesse sits down on Joey's bed and says, you know, right now I'm going to sit down and come up with a great idea. He pops back. I'm like, you know what? Let's help the kid. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Don't worry, Mr. Dreyer. You're going to have the Sweat World Health Club jingle first thing tomorrow morning, just like we promised. Yes, sir. The house coming along? Oh. <laughs> we got a barrel full of good ideas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I got to I gotta go. Yeah. Another uh, great idea just hit me. <laughs> Yes, sir. I promise. Tomorrow morning, you'll, you'll have jingle magic. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. You are so immature. Sorry, Jess. I'm just frustrated. we got to get this jingle. Okay, what's the problem? I'm a funny guy? Must be you. Joseph, this is no time to start turning on each other. Now, we're, we make a great team, man. We're the best. We're the brightest. This particular jingle's taking a little extra time because, well, because we're holding up for quality. Now, check the trash again. Hey, remember this one? It's that rap thing we did? We hated that three days ago. Three days ago, I wasn't down on my knees sifting through the garbage. Good point. Get up. Okay. Oh, let's try. Oh, the, the jump thing, right? Okay. All right, let's try it. Let's try it. <coughs> if your body's not chubby, your friends call you tubby, and your wife's out shopping for a brand new hubby, then you better stop crying and start pumping iron at the... To whack him on the back of the head, though. Nice. <laughs> the audience loves it. <laughs> yeah, that works. That was the Jesse and Joey are under tremendous pressure. Guys, gotta help me with my science homework. I'm desperate. Sorry, DJ. You'll have to wait till later. Uncle Jesse and Joey are under tremendous pressure. Please, I really need your help. I could build some kind of homemade thing to drop an egg two stories without breaking it. And it's due tomorrow. Tomorrow? The teacher only gave you one day to do this uh, homemade thing? Well, he gave us a little more than a day. How little more? Maybe a day or two or 20. 20? You had 20 days to do this and you waited to the last minute, young lady? 
technically the last minute isn't until 8.59 tomorrow morning. Yeah, I start thinking about law school. Guys, if I fail the science project, I won't get out of the sixth grade. Oh, come on, Joey, please, 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 pretty please. Well, okay. Now, sure, go right to Mr. Softy. Joseph, we don't have time to be dropping eggs. Now, we got to concentrate on this jingle. Now, I'm going to sit down right now and come up with a great idea. Let's help the kid. Great idea. So, Stephanie is right at the top of the stairs, hula hooping. She is a hula hoop away from meeting her record. She probably could have broke her record. She could have hit 104. But, of course, here comes DJ. Says, move it over, Steph. Move it. We got. I got work to do. And Stephanie, of course, is like, DJ, I was one hula away from breaking my record. And DJ, who's over by the fridge to get out some eggs for her project, is like, well, you happen to be hooping in my laboratory. Yeah, this is just, it is not Stephanie's day. And DJ honestly infuriates the heck out of me this episode. There is no reason that you couldn't have gotten that done and had that done. She had a month. What were you doing the whole time? Playing with Kimmy? And it just, it seems so unlike DJ to just let something, especially when it's a project. I mean, usually she's on top of her homework, but I mean, a project that you have that amount of time to do it in? But gosh, she just, oh, she annoys me this episode. I just, I feel sorry for Steph. So Joey asks DJ, like, hey, what can we use to build this thing? And DJ tells Joey, well, anything around the house. So right off the bat, suggest, he suggests a suitcase full of cotton. There's a list of things you can't use. One of them is a suitcase full of cotton. Uh, you might want to brief them on the list of stuff you can't use. I mean, I figure the teacher's like, we're not going to make it easy on these kids to do this project. They really got to use that brain. Oh, yeah. Rule number 26 is no suitcases full of content. That's 26. What were the other ones ahead of it? But Jesse's the one that suggests a suitcase full of cotton. So Jesse's sitting at the kitchen table. He's got a couple of coffee cups that he pulled from the desk there that are holding pencils and also rubber bands. And Stephanie's like, hey, that's not fair. You said you were too busy to play with me. Why are you playing with DJ? And Jesse informs Stephanie, we're not playing. This happens to be for a school project. Well, oh, no. DJ says it's a sixth grade science project. Yeah, that you waited till the day before to do. Jesse and Joey are getting paid to come up with a jingle that's probably due tomorrow that they've been working on. Something they get paid to do, sweetie. You bugging them with this project because you couldn't do it in the 30 days you had time to do it. And it's just, oh, it infuriates me so much. Of course, Stephanie utters one of her many catchphrases. It's not how rude. It's, well, pin a rose on your nose. I gotta say, not her best catchphrase. I really, I'm happy that one really didn't take off. 
And DJ just looks at Stephanie and says, you're just too young to understand. Yeah, what's so hard to understand about procrastination? I, I, I will be the first to admit, yes, I do procrastinate from time to time. But this is just unacceptable. So Joey's got a great idea. He comes over with a Twinkie. He says, you put the egg inside nature's perfect shock absorber. So they try that. And they put, Joey takes a bite out of it. They put the Twinkie in the middle. Of course, there's really nothing holding it in there. And Joey drops it for maybe two feet onto the kitchen table. <laughs> Splatters. I love how Stephanie, before she walks out of the room, says, I'm too young for this. Shush. <laughs> Walkman, probably DJs, and she's going la la la, and she's holding the headphones up to her ears. Oh man, that just gives me such flashbacks of when I would listen to my uh, headphone Walkman. I didn't have a Walkman; it was like an RCA headphone thing. At at some point down the line, I, the RCA logo on the uh, cassette player would start to wear off. But anything, anyway, what really drove me nuts, I mean, you get the headset with it, right? You get the uh, the foam covering. Well, at some point down the line, that foam covering starts to wear away from frequent, you know, use up against your ears. So, at some point, you're listening to it, and the hard plastic is, like, rubbing against the side of your ear, and you're, like, trying to, like, maneuver it so it's, like, not, like, uh. I think at some point, my dad would just go out and get me another cheap pair of headphones, which, another thing, there was a short in my headphone wire one time, and I had to, like, on the bus, like, push the... <laughs> the uh, headphone jack up into this bus seat in front of me to try to get it to, so I could hear it. <laughs> that was, yeah. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, but um, I tried to make do. But yeah, I'm just getting such a bus ride to school and from school headphone music player vibes here. 
Stephanie comes over to Danny, who is filming Michelle, going, la, 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 la. And Stephanie gets right in the camera's face, like, Daddy, it's later. And Danny looks perturbed, like, honey, I know it's later, but I'm still filming Michelle. Again, this is for Wake Up San Francisco. Nobody is going to care. Are they having a, hey, San Franciscans, do you want to watch the children of the hosts of Wake Up San Francisco or channel whatever Wake Up San Francisco shoots at? Which I, I don't know what it is. And everyone's going to be like, no. Even watching the news now, you don't see that kind of stuff. The, the news anchors or the talk show hosts of Good Morning America or whatever. They're not showing you videos of their kids. If you want to see that stuff, go follow them on Instagram. But, I mean, is this a segment that he came up with himself? Or is this something the, the network came up with? Because this is... No one's going to sit there and watch that for five or ten minutes. Because you know a lot of that stuff he's going to have to cut. I don't even think anyone wants to watch a minute of footage. I mean, she's cute. Michelle's cute and all. Don't get me wrong. She's adorable. But you can only take so much. I mean, if you take Michelle out of the equation and put an adorable golden retriever puppy doing cute puppy things, I would be here for that. I would watch hours of that. But I'm not here to watch Michelle go, la, 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 or bouncing on that bouncy horse. No, I'm not here for that. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, Steph. Michelle was just singing the cutest little song. Is she really? And Stephanie says, well, I learned a new song today in school. She starts singing. It's the Barry Manilow song. Like, I write the songs that make the whole world sing. Here, I'm going to play a quick little snippet of this, and you'll hear Barry Manilow. This song just sounds very, very sad that you would start singing before you start crying because you're just uh, having a bad day. Barry Manilow, he's a good singer, don't get me wrong, but it just, there's some songs that's just, it's not always, it's not always the lyrics that are sad in a song, but it's the tone of the song that is just like, oh my, oh my heart, my heart. Where's the Kleenex box, you know what I'm saying? Again, Danny cuts her off as she starts singing Barry Manilow's song. He says, as happy as I am to hear that the public schools are keeping that song alive. Because <laughs> apparently that song's been around since the 70s. Probably since he was in high school. He says, I really have to get some footage of Michelle singing her little song. You, you really don't. You'd be doing the viewers of Wake Up San Francisco a big favor by... Because she's not even singing lyrics. She's just going... Na, 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 She's holding the earphones up to her ear and stomping her feet. La, 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 la. Stephanie turns around and looks at Michelle. She's glowering at her like, You think you're so cute. And Steph is really feeling it. She's feeling, you know, being ignored. Danny 
too busy with footage for Michelle that no one will care to watch, except for the family. Uh, Jesse and Joey are helping DJ, so she's definitely like, no, DJ's more important right now. No, Michelle's more important right now. We don't have time to watch you do your hula hoop thing and sing your song. Guys, have you just stopped for like 20 minutes? Give her a half hour even. Give her that at least. You really can't spare 20 to 30 minutes to watch Stephanie break her record and give her a little, an ounce. That's not even, she's not asking for much. She's just asking you to watch her hula hoop. And sit, while she sings, I write the songs. I'd watch for a bit. And Michelle's like, don't worry, be happy. And Stephanie's like, oh, oh no, you are so cute. Meh, yeah, he's all right. You know what? If I were Stephanie, I'd be like, you know, I like you better when you didn't talk. Oh, sweetie, Steph, it's going to get so much worse. It's going to get so much worse. <laughs> she gets older. Stephanie's shirt, or her sweater, I'm thinking if I don't see anything better than this, she's getting the best outfit award of the episode because it's gray and black and white checked with a red Scotty dog. You know how much I love red. And it's got a, the front of a red Scotty dog, and as she walks away, you see the tail and butt of the Scotty dog. It's so cute. But, yeah, she starts going upstairs. I hope she doesn't trip over that hula hoop. Michelle was just singing the cutest little song. I'm going to do something school today. Not in the song, there's no lyrics. I write the songs that make the whole world sing. I write Steph, the Steph, as happy as I am to hear that the public schools are keeping that song alive, <laughs> I really have to get some footage of Michelle singing her little song. You really don't. La, la, la. La, la, la. You think you're so cute. Don't worry. Be happy. Is that what she's listening to? Oh, no. You so cute. So, we're up in Stephanie and DJ's room. Stephanie is singing into a microphone that's connected to a little tape player. And she's singing to Mr. Bear. It was Mr. Bear's suggestion. Like, Stephanie, sing for me. Sing that Barry Manilow song. So, she starts singing... Uh, the beginning lyrics, and she stops and she tells Mr. Bear, I'm sorry, Mr. Bear, but my heart's just not in it. Well, she's kind of had her heart broken, it feels like, you know. Uh, Jesse and Joey aren't giving her attention. Her own father is not giving her attention. I wouldn't feel like singing after that if I were her. And the audience is, aww, poor Stephanie. Isn't that right, Quinny? So she sits on the, lays on the bed, puts an arm around Mr. Bear and says, Anyway, you're probably more interested in DJ and Michelle. She tells him, Everyone else is. Nobody cares what I do. And we get to go into a fantasy sequence. 
I like the special effects of the dissolve. I think that's really cool. So, yeah, we're now we're in the living room. We have Michelle sitting on the little couch. It's not the couch. It's a, um, I don't know whether this is an ottoman. It's like a cushion, like footstool. <laughs> Even though it's higher than the couch and the coffee table. So, Danny, Jesse, and Joey are all on the couch just admiring Michelle. And front door pops open, and I gotta say, major kudos, major props to the prop department. This is, or the wardrobe department. I love Stephanie's space suit. It's just, it's gorgeous. It's, I'm, I've never really been a big fan of pink, but it works here. It's like two different shades of pink. We got a light cotton candy pink, and we got a more darker pink for the mittens and boots. It definitely does look like someone used a pink snowsuit, and she's got, you know, winter mittens. You know, the one that you just, it, it's almost like oven mitts where there's no individual finger holes. And then, of course, the winter snow boots. It's also got a bunch of, like, uh, like NASA and space patches on it, and one there's also the American flag. It's just, I love it. I just, wow, the wardrobe department was on point with this. Of course, the guys aren't even looking in Steph's direction. Danny's like, oh, that's nice, sweetheart. We're... Looking at your sister here. He tells her, wipe your feet. So Jesse's like, alright, she's ready to do it. Don't mess with her concentration. And we see Michelle blink. Because they all pick up camcorders. And it's like, oh, she did it. She's so cute. And Steph is like, excuse me, did nobody hear that I just came back from Mars? And Jesse's like, Steph, Steph, we don't care. <laughs> So, Dad insult to injury here. <laughs> She's already feeling down. Let's make it worse. Jesse's like, well, for being so cute, Michelle, and a great blinker, you get, tell her, Joey, tell her what she gets, Stephanie's bike. And they go bring Stephanie's bike out. <laughs> and Stephanie is floored, like, my bike. And Michelle said, my bike. Is that Skeeter in the background? That that looks like Skeeter from the Muppet Babies, a little toy. Just, I mean, if you look, as Joey's putting his hand, one hand up against his ear, like he's on a um, game show announcer, you can see over his shoulder, over by the alcove area, there's a old ship. There's a little yellow flower um, sprinkler watering can. And then there's Skeeter. Stephanie's like, what? You get my bike for blinking? And Stephanie exclaims, I just got back from Mars. What do I get? And the doorbell goes off. Get the door. <laughs> they all say. Ugh. 
Of course, we, when she goes to answer the door, we get another Stephanie catchphrase. Hot dog. Which, honestly, I gotta say, I like hot dog better than pin a rose on your nose. So Stephanie opens the door, we hear trumpets, and then we see a red carpet is rolled out over the steps onto the floor of the living room. And Stephanie brightens for a split second, like, oh, wow, for me? No, DJ comes in and says, no, for me, get off my carpet, you little nerd bomber. All three of the guys stand up. Danny's holding a cape for DJ. Jesse's holding a scepter. Joey's holding a crown for her. And all of this is being done because she went out and got the mail. Good grief. So they all rush to DJ as Danny pins that cape on her. She gets a crown, a scepter, and some roses. And Danny makes a big point about saying, oh, my firstborn. And Stephanie's like, what did she do? DJ holds out the mail. I went to the mailbox and got the mail. Okay, I gotta ask this. Um, is the mail across the street? Because there's another episode where DJ says, Dad worries when I say, Dad, I'm going to get the mail. So do they got across the street to get... I thought the mail was like they had a little mail slot or a little mailbox on the side of their house. Is that not the case? There's a, a opening with Kimmy. I swear it's by the front of the house and she's getting the mail. The mailbox is attached to the house, so I have no idea. That does sound a bit dangerous. I mean, this is San Francisco. You're crossing a busy street to get the mail. Stephanie says, I went to Mars. Look what I learned to do. And she starts floating up. And, of course, yes, you can see the wires. I kind of wonder if Jody Sweeten might have been a little nervous. Like, they probably rehearsed it a few times before they filmed it and everything. But uh, was she nervous? Was she excited about getting to uh, float in the air like that? I don't know. And Danny, as they're leading DJ over the couch, he's like, oh, you're the best daughter. And Jesse's like, no, tell me again how you went and got the mail. Give me details. I mean, seriously, you, like, walked and just got the mail. Talk about guts. And you just see Stephanie's face. She is crestfallen. Her is poor girl. I mean, she went to Mars and no one gives a rip. That is sad. So you went to, uh, to get the mail and came back all by yourself? So my guess is the mailbox is across the street? I mean, if it were attached to the house, I don't think they'd be making that big of a deal of it. And DJ says, it was scary, guys. There were cracks in the sidewalk. What? Oh, mm. And Stephanie is trying to get their attention. Like, yoo-hoo, up here, this person, a person is flying. They don't care. But Michelle is looking up at her. <laughs> is this the first Patrick Swayze reference that we get in the show? Because I know there are at least a few others going forward. Because Jesse takes DJ's hand and said, let's let's get your party started in the kitchen. Patrick Swayze's in there and he wants the first dance. And DJ just smiles and says, I love being firstborn. 
So before Danny goes into the kitchen, he throws a rag at Stephanie and says, hey, while you're up there, dust the top of the mantle. And <laughs> Stephanie says, how rude. Did they leave Michelle in there or did they take her with? Oh, Joey's got Michelle. Okay. dream sequence and there's a knock at the door it's Harry he's got his camera with him no it's not a camera phone and no it's not a digital camera it is a 35 millimeter camera and he brings over her hula hoop because he says I want to get a picture of you with your hula hoop for my scrapbook oh talk about devotion this boy and he's always calling her chief it seems like definitely in the in in this friendship, just definitely definitely calls the shots like what they do, where they go, stuff like that. And I love right off the bat. I mean, we do get a a person of color with Harry. 
And even when it comes to Michelle and Teddy and Denise, you know, the fact that the Tanner kids, I think all but DJ, just Stephanie and Michelle do have, you know, interracial friendships, which is awesome. So he goes to take her pictures, a smile, and she just barely cracks a smile. And she tells him, Harry, you're the only one that cares about me. And Harry says, your family cares about you. And Stephanie tells him, no, they don't. DJ's the oldest, and Michelle's the cutest, and I'm nothing. And she tells Harry, like, gosh, I wish I could move out, but I'm stuck living here until I get married. Well, that's not necessarily true. I mean, once you graduate high school and go off to college. Because we know before Stephanie chooses to move in with DJ back into the house, in Fuller House, she'd been traveling for, you know, her DJ, her DJing gigs and everything like that. So she definitely does get to be a, a bit of a world traveler there. And it's just funny because... <laughs> like I brought up in the beginning of the episode, is Stephanie gets married twice in the backyard. The first, of course, in this episode to Harry, and then the next in Fuller House. <laughs> Harry says, oh, that's tough. Tough break. And this is where the light bulb goes off over Stephanie's head. And she's like, unless you could marry me. And just the look of surprise on Harry's face. Yeah, he's like, marry you? I'm not even allowed to cross the street. So when Sammy says, well, married people are allowed to cross the street, he actually considers it. like, really? Okay, I'll marry you. <laughs> so Stephanie schools Harry in the proper way to propose to someone. She pulls her pillow off her bed, sets it on the floor so he can kneel down. She also tells Harry that a girl waits her whole life for this moment. Of course, he goes, gets down on one knee. Typical boy. He's like, I can see up your nose. And Stephanie reminds him, Harry, this is supposed to be romantic. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I can see up your nose, darling. <laughs> oh, Harry. Gosh, I miss Harry. Man, they just, they dropped him like a sack of potatoes. Like, okay, we don't need you anymore, Harry. Bye. And then he comes back in season three for Nerd for a Day. And he's just a scorned friend. Like, oh, you dumped me for duck face? It's like, Harry, when did you become so angry? We don't hear anything like, at least with Michelle and Teddy, Teddy moved to Texas. So there is a legit reason why he wasn't there anymore. But with Harry, it's like one minute. Is, I want to say, when was his last episode in season two? So, yeah, I'm looking at um, the boy who plays Harry. His name is Nathan Nishiguchi. His very first episode would have been, like, all of his episodes except for the final one are all in season two. And he's only in a total between two and three. He's only in five episodes. The first time we see him is DJ's very first horse. And then in Jingle Hill... Middle Age Crazy, and the last one he'll be in for season two is episode 15, Pal Joey. And then he's in Nerd for a Day, and then you don't see him. It's like, there was no explanation. I still say 
that would have been awesome that they could have brought him back in Spellbound. And Stephanie could have been competing against Harry. Because poor Stephanie doesn't get another friend until uh, she makes friends with Mickey in season uh, seven. So Stephanie's got this all planned out. She's like, all right, so we're going to get married today. I will call all our friends. We can also get a house. That way we don't got to live with DJ and Michelle. She says, I will be Stephanie Takiyama. Well, actually, you'll be Stephanie Gibbler, but um, that's a story for another time. <laughs> and Harry says, and I'll be Harry Tanner. Well, I guess if you wanted to. And they shake on it. Jesse and DJ are standing at the top of the stairs. They're getting ready to drop the egg, which is safely contained in a baby Michelle's little uh, shoe. And also rubber bands kind of holding it in place. And this little, um, Jesse refers to it as a little tinker toy thing. It's shaped like a square. And then it's got the rubber bands kind of connecting the shoe, holding it in the middle. This is very, very crafty. So they toss it over the edge. Well, they don't toss it. They drop it. So Jesse explains how they drop it to the ground and the rubber band elastic absorbs the shock, which that's smart. The egg is nice and snug in Michelle's shoe, which is good. So, Jesse tells Joey to count down for the drop, and Joey starts at 99, and Jesse just looks at him like, can you just, like, count down from, like, 5 or 10? Thank you. Yeah, Jesse's like, can you stop that, huh? Count down from 5. <laughs> I love Joey, he pets Jesse, and I'm like, I love getting you riled up. DJ drops it, and 
the doorbell rings at the same moment that Danny's like, oh, I'll get the door. He comes in. The egg, like, bounces. The impact, the egg bounces out of the shoe, lands in Danny's hand as it breaks. Yeah, that was a really good catch. So Danny, of course, is like, I'd like to thank you all very much by letting me play a part in my daughter's education. His egg yolk is just dripping out of his hands. I hope our egg drop thingy works. DJ, how could it fail? It's quite simple. You see, we simply drop the Tinker Toy frame down to the ground. The elastic stretches, taking in the impact, allowing the egg to remain gently in its resting place, Michelle's booty. <laughs> all right, pal, count it down. 99, 
Oh, the Three Stooges. Mo, Curly, and Spanky. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, he grabs Jimmy and says, Oh, and of course, Guido Sarducci as the beaver. Father Guido Sarducci as the beaver. Okay, I gotta look up this Guido, Father Guido Sarducci. Oh my god, I gotta play this. If you've seen the movie Casper, I did review it on um, the Looking Back at My Wonder Years podcast. This is Father Guido Sarducci. I love this guy on the Casper. I'm playing this scene and oh my gosh, you guys, you will, you will laugh so hard. <laughs> Sorry, but we gotta get back to the sweat world jingle. And Joey's like, I got it. And Jesse's like, what, the jingle? And Joey says, no. We slow it down with a parachute. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, when no, Joey says, I got it, we slow it down. And Jesse is thinking of the jingle. Oh, yeah, he's like, oh, we slow it down like a ballad, like a Frank Sinatra thing. Ugh, no. Joey goes over to Jesse and immediately puts a hand over his mouth. Like, will you stop that? Huh? Yeah, he explains, I'm not talking about the jingle. I'm referring to the egg. We slow it down with a parachute. And DJ, of course, is desperate. Like, yes, I will try anything. And Joey's like, well, we'll go, go get a handkerchief. When he said parachute, the immediately, th the thing that came to mind is, wasn't there a toy back in the day that was like a little army man or something that had like a, uh, a little plastic, like, parachute type thing with rubber bands and you would just like drop it, you know, over, you know, high places and stuff? I, I'm actually not, I'm thinking about it. I'm kind of wondering how they're going to do this experiment in school. Are they taking them, like, you know every school, the biggest room in a school is always going to be the gymnasium. And if they have, like, an upper deck level, it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to drop it from this height. Otherwise, what are they going to do? Have the kids stand on the teacher's desk and toss it from there? I don't know. Or an auditorium where, hey, let's drop it from the stage. You got, you want to have enough of a height for the impact to be, you know, a success, I think. So Joey and DJ zip upstairs and Jesse's like, yeah, our careers are over, but we're going to pass sixth grade science. We're here for step sweating. <laughs> Which way to the backyard? Through the kitchen and hang a left. Got it. 
Come on, gang. Right through here. On the double. Let's go. Let's go. Who are all these Come kids? On. Well, it's uh, Dopey, Sneezy, uh, Blinky, <laughs> Mo, Curly, Shem, Spanky, Shem? and uh, of course, Father Guido Sarducci as the beaver. <laughs> So we're in the backyard. We see the boys huddled with Harry, and of course the girls are huddled with Stephanie. So Jimmy is like, all right, Harry, come on, man. Let's get the show on the road. You want to get married, don't you? Harry's a little bit of a skeptic with Jimmy. Like, are you sure you know how to marry people? Oh, okay. His da Jimmy's dad's a minister, so he's like, he goes to weddings, like, all the time. I'm like... I got it down. I could do it with my eyes closed. Oh, <laughs> he says his dad has dragged him to hundreds of these things. So the guys and girls, they all have kazoos. Oh, no, they weren't surrounding Stephanie. I'm sorry. No, they were. Stephanie was coming from inside. She's wearing a pretty white dress and white shoes and holding some red roses. I Definitely do like the prop work as far as for the set. We got red, white, and blue streamers. We have a construction paper yellow cake. We have a couple white bells that say Harry and Stephanie. There's one that says love you. Attached to Stephanie, her train is made up of, it looks like connected dryer sheets. So I gotta give it a hand to Jimmy there. He knows what he's talking until he gets to. We're he says we're joined today. We're gathered here today to join Harry and Stephanie, and he says in holy mattress money. It's actually holy matrimony, but so Jimmy asks Harry, "Do you take Stephanie?" And Harry says, "I'll take her anywhere." He says, "After we're married, we can cross the street," and. Stephanie explains to Harry, no, what he's saying is, do you promise to pay loads of attention to me no matter what DJ does or how cute Michelle is? I love Harry's response. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so another thing that Jimmy gets messed up is he says, it's now time for the wedding bows. Uh, he actually means vows, but <laughs> they each bow to each other, Stephanie and Harry. <laughs> and he's in an adorable little tux. It's so cute. Oh, no, he bows and she curtsies. Okay. So Jimmy instructs them to both say, I do. I, I do. I do, too. So Jimmy asks for the ring, and Harry's like, wait, as he pulls out a Cracker Jack box, this is back when you actually got prizes in the Cracker Jack box. And Jimmy's like, did you get a ring? And Harry says, even better, a stick-on Scooby-Doo tattoo. <laughs> so he tells Stephanie to lick her hand, and he places the Scooby-Doo 
stick on tattoo. And of course, I love how Stephanie holds her hand out for the girls to see, and they're like, ooh. I like that we do, and with the kids, we do have more, you know, people of color. We have two black children, a boy and a girl, and an Asian girl. I'm like, oh, thank you. I mean, none of these kids really get to speak except for, you know, Jimmy and Harry and Steph, but... So, Jimmy says, I now announce you man and wife. You may kiss the bride. And Harry and Stephanie look at each other like, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, ew. And Jimmy says, if you don't kiss, you're not really married. I love how Stephanie holds her hand out for Harry. And she closes her eyes and he kisses her hand. Some of the kids, the boys and girls, are so embarrassed. They're like, ooh. Gosh, this reminds me of when I was, I think, second grade? Or was it third grade? That in those concrete tunnels on the playground, I was, I was playing Jimmy's role. I was the minister, and I was marrying kids in my class. <laughs> yeah, that definitely does bring a flashback. Ah. Now, whether the kids were kissing, I can't remember. Somebody says, oh, he's not a bad kisser. Come on, Harry. Let's get this show on the road. Are you sure you know how to marry people? My dad's a minister. He's dragged me to hundreds of these. Music? It's a bit much even for them. If you don't kiss, you're not really married. He's a cootie. He's not a kisser. <laughs> okay, remember in the beginning of the episode when I was going through like the goofs and trivia and all that stuff? And one of the scenes I said I want to look out for is when... Harry pulls out the Scooby-Doo tattoo, and then Jody, 
or Stephanie is mouthing the word Scooby-Doo. I want to check that real quick. If you watch her mouth closely, uh, Jody Sweeten's mouth, you'll hear her say Scooby-Doo. Even um, Nathan, the boy who plays Harry, when he puts it, the little tattoo, whether it's even that or not, who knows, um, on Jody's hand, he, I don't know whether he says, like, the word stick or stay, like, he's trying to, like, stay there, stay there, <laughs> like, don't fall off. I gotta give props to uh, the person who, uh, I didn't even think to look at that. But now that I know, it's kind of hard not to see it, you know? And even now, you know, going through some of these episodes, even though I've seen them a bazillion times, there are things I will pick up on because I'm watching it a lot more closely with a more critical eye. It's like, it's almost, it's funny because it's like, you never really notice it until you're really looking for these little things. So now that I have the subtitles on, because... <laughs> I just realized, oh, I haven't had the subtitles on. You do hear when Harry sticks the tattoo on Stephanie's hand, you hear him say the word stay. Basically, his in it stay on her hand. Hey, <laughs> okay, so looks like we're going to try this again with a little hanky parachute. I was wondering what was on the bottom. Quinn, why are you looking at the door to the bathroom? Sweetie, you don't need to go in there. You got a litter box. What's going on, babe? But anyway, I kept wondering, like, when DJ was holding up the little Tinker Toy contraption, what was on the bottom? And I, at first I'm like, is that a Twinkie? And Joey confirms it. He says, Hanky Parachute Double Twinkie Landing Craft. Well, you know those Twinkies, guys. They can withstand just about anything. Speaking of Twinkies, has anyone tried the mixed berry Twinkie? It's surprisingly good. I was a little nervous. Like, I, you know, I always like to try, like, new Twinkie flavors, just, you know, depending. Uh, the orange cream one. Oh, it's so good. They don't make it anymore, but that one's a good one. Um, the mint one with the, the chocolate Twinkie. That one's all right. There was one also, I thought it was like a cotton candy type flavor in a Twinkie, which was also pretty decent. Oh, 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 got, oh, um, yeah, they went full different here. The Tinker Toy thing, boom, gone. They have rubber bands holding up a hanky parachute. They, and that's what Joey was saying about that double Twinkie landing. It's just, it's three Twinkies kind of bordering the egg to give it a little bit of cushion. And, yeah, there you go. It it lands with success, doesn't break. So, I, I yeah, I mean, the first one probably they figured the elastic of the rubber band and the, you know, Michelle's shoe and stuff caused the thing to pop right out. But it takes a, it, it takes a few tries to find out the successful way to go. So DJ runs down the stairs. She is so thrilled. Like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Jesse's like, all right, well, now that we've done that, now Joseph and I got to get back to our jingle for sweat world. DJ says that they are geniuses, and this is where Joey comes up 
Joey's the brains in this one. He not only came up with the the thing for DJ's experiment with the hanky and the Twinkie double landing, he also came up with the idea for the jingle just by adding, you know, what Edison said. Genius is 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. And DJ, of course, is like, I don't get it. Well, basically, it means if you don't sweat it, you don't get it. Like, you might get an inspiration for something, but you got to do several tries before you get it right. You're not always going to get something right on the first try. Oh, Jesse says, if you don't sweat it, you don't get it. And they're like, oh, if you don't sweat it, you don't get it. Ah, the jingle. The jingle for Sweat World is born. So they put it with the jingle. If you don't sweat it, you don't get it for the Bob Dale Meyer. You gotta perspire down at the Sweat World. Oh, at Sweat World, not the Sweat World. Okay. And Jesse says, hey, come on in. And Joey's like, and get pumped. And he's like, <laughs> So it's like, all right, let's go write that down. What if they did that and the person wanting the jingle was like, eh, it's all right, try again. And then they're pretty much back to the drawing board. It's always best, I think, to have a backup plan or a plan B just in case the first one doesn't work out. Danny, of course, is still filming Michelle as she's riding a little pedal pony thing that she's riding on. How many hours has he been filming her? So he, she ends up going through his legs and Danny bends down and is filming Michelle from behind. <sighs> you are going to make your viewers so physically ill by watching this footage. All set. Jess, I think we got it. Hanky parachute, double Twinkie landing craft. No, Mr. Wizard, we do have the technology. Deeds, let her rip. Eggs away, take two. Joseph and I have to get back to our jingle for Sweat World. Thank you, DJ. You guys are geniuses. Well, you know what Edison said. Genius is 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. What's that supposed to mean? It means if you don't sweat it, you don't get it. If you don't sweat it, you don't get it. That's it, Joseph. I, uh, uh, let's put it with the music. Uh, if, okay, if you don't sweat it, you don't get it for the bar they'll admire. You got to perspire down at the sweat world. Hey, come on in. And get pumped. come through the kitchen into the living room as newlyweds and Stephanie makes an announcement. She says, people, I would like to make a very important announcement. I was married today. Oh, she says, I was married this afternoon. And Danny's holding Michelle and he's like, uh, pardon me? And I love how Harry says, hi, dad. And Danny says, oh, don't you two make a cute bride and groom. You could stand on top of your own wedding cake. So Stephanie bids farewell. She says, goodbye, everyone. It's been a great six years. 
She turns to Harry and says, Harry, let's go house hunting. And Harry breaks the news. No, I have to go home. Bye, Steph. <laughs> As he walks past Danny, he's like, bye, Pop. <laughs> and Stephanie is just, she's like, wait, wait, you can't walk out on me. It's like you promised to pay attention to me. He says, yes, I can. Tonight's meatloaf night. And what do we... Hmm, for those of you Full House aficionados, hmm, what does this scene remind you of? How about season six's The Heartbreak Kid, where Michelle marries Steve, and he himself even says, Wow, this was fun, Michelle, but I gotta go home. It's meatloaf night. My mom's making meatloaf. Because <laughs> I think that is brought up in the trivia for that episode. So when Stephanie shuts the door, we do see Danny has a look of concern on his face, almost like, I have missed a lot today. Stephanie shuts the door and she turns around and says, great, nobody wants me. And Danny looks at Stephanie and says, Steph, what do you mean nobody wants you? He tells her, your family wants you. And she looks up at him and asks, what family? Some family. She said you, you didn't even care that he broke the hula hoop record or went to Mars. And Danny is like, well, uh, Mars? Well, I mean, I, I admit I might have been a bit distracted with Michelle here, but yeah, he says, well, maybe we have been a tad preoccupied. So Jesse, Joey, and DJ come over and Jesse's like, oh, kiddo, we're sorry if we ignored you. We didn't mean to. And Joey adds how, you know, I think we were just caught up in what we were doing. Well, of course you were. And DJ adds, you know, my science project is taken care of, so I can watch a hula hoop. And it's like, oh, great, so I'm a consolation prize. Or I'm just like, <sighs> I mean, I feel bad for Steph. And yes, this is an episode where Stephanie is pretty much feeling sorry for herself. But I'm sure there are other shows with middle children that have dealt with the middle child syndrome and the middle child feeling neglected and a lack of attention from the usually it's a lack of attention from the parents and st that's not good enough for stephanie she says forget it it doesn't matter you're always going to be the oldest and michelle's always going to be the cutest and i'm going to be stuck in the middle and again bringing this back to max on fuller house he's the middle child but you don't really see him grouse too much about being the middle kid. I mean, come on. His older brother is Jackson, for crying out loud. And they really don't do a whole lot with Tommy. It seems like a lot of the forefront tends to be with Max. Maybe the show's making up for how little they paid attention to Stephanie in the show. Because it does seem like Stephanie does get a bit of the shaft there with a lot of the episodes being about DJ and a lot of them being about Michelle, especially as Michelle learns to talk. There's a lot of Jesse Michelle episodes. And, I mean, you could probably count on one, a hand and a half, the episodes that are about Stephanie. I should do that. I should go through Full House, see what episodes center on Stephanie and what one center on DJ and what one center on Michelle and see like who has the highest ranking of episodes specifically about them. 
So Joey and Jesse, as Stephanie's about ready to walk out of the room, they're holding Goldilocks, and they pick her up and take her back over to the front steps of the house. They lift her up and carry her between them. <laughs> and she says, see what I mean? I'm stuck in the middle again. So Jesse sits with Stephanie on the steps, and Danny tells her, you know, Stephanie, I know, I understand how you're feeling. And I can understand if she says, no, you don't. <laughs> like, you're not a middle child. So Danny tries to show Steph the bright side. There's a lot of special things about being the middle child. So, of course, Jesse hearkens this back to food. You know, take a bologna sandwich, for instance. The best part of a bologna sandwich. The bologna, and Jesse asks, and where's the bologna? In the middle. And, of course, he asks, all right, and an Oreo cookie. What's the best part of an Oreo cookie? And Stephanie says, the chocolate milk you dunk it in. And Jesse's like, Steph, come on now. You know where I'm going with this. And Joey's like, I know. The cream's the best part. And Jesse's like, yes, Joseph, the cream is the best part. And where is the cream? And Joey says, in the middle. And Jesse looks at him and says, don't help. The cream is in, in the middle. Yes. How about, um, instead of these food analogies here, why don't we get to some other actual... And D Danny's got some <laughs> some uh, sad but true facts about being a middle kid, even though he knows nothing about it. I don't know anything about it because I'm the youngest. I like how Danny words this. He says every position in the family is special in its own way. And Joey brings up the fact that, yes, yeah, Steph, I mean, you're the only one in the family who has a big sister and a little sister. And Stephanie's like, well, yeah, I guess that's true. What else do you got? And this one's kind of <laughs> kind of dumping on DJ here, but. Well, yeah, Danny says the, one of the other benefits, uh, a lot of the mistakes we make raising DJ, we won't make on you. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, DJ's like, I'm getting depressed. She says, so far I'm the soggy part of the sandwich and the throwaway part of the cookie. Well, Michelle is in the same boat. Of course, Stephanie likes that. <laughs> so, Danny takes Stephanie by the hand and he explains to her, you have to realize that sometimes your sisters are going to need our attention. Danny, there was no reason, and I like that he does this at the end. I think my video would be better with all three of my girls. You think? You think? Nothing makes a sibling feel more excluded than saying, well, I'm paying attention to your other sibling right now because right now they're important. So he also lets Steph know, if you ever feel like you're not getting your fair share, you need to come to us. And Stephanie's surprised at that. She's like, really? I can do that? I'm like, so what? If she had come to you and said, Dad, you're not giving me attention right now that I would like. Are you saying, Danny, that you would have set down your camera and said, okay, M Michelle, I mean, Stephanie. <laughs> okay, sure, show me your, your hula. And honestly, that would have taken, what, maybe five minutes of their time, if that? He says, you better, because every time I get busy with something, I don't want you to run off and get married. And she says, me neither. I don't know about this husband thing. One whiff of their mom's meatloaf and they're gone. So he he says, come here, you beautiful bride. And he hugs her. Aww. 
Joey's like, all right, me next. And then Jesse's like, all right, come on, lay one on your Uncle Jay. You know how it's done. Aww. I love how Deej is a little reluctant at first. Like, oh, well, come on. And they hug. Aww. Michelle holds her arms up and says, hug. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Danny says, you know, I think this home video would be so much better if it had all three of my girls. <sighs> you think, Danny? So he picks up the camcorder and says, let's see here. You want to sing I Write the Songs or go for the hula hoop record? And Stephanie is just beaming. She says, Daddy, I can do both. How they're all like, ooh, okay. Show us, girl. Yeah, she's got a real good rhythm going with uh, that, wearing that wedding dress with it and the swishing that hula hoop around. Actually, when I think, uh, that dress, when I look at that dress, immediately comes to mind is a First Communion dress. Everyone knows this I Wrote the Song song. And they all join in and we see poor Michelle's got her hands over her ears, like, too loud, too loud. People, I would like to make a very important announcement. <coughs> I was married this afternoon. Pardon me? Don't you two make a cute little bride and groom. You could stand on top of your own wedding cake. Well, goodbye, everyone. It's been a great six years. Harry, let's go house hunting. No, I have to go home. Bye, Steph. <laughs> Bye, Pop. Wait, wait. You can't walk out on me. Yes, I can. Tonight's meatloaf night. Nobody wants you. Your family wants you. Some family. You didn't even care that I broke the hula hoop record. I went to Mars. <coughs> you went to Mars? <laughs> Maybe we have been a tad preoccupied. <laughs> Kiddo, we're, uh, we're sorry if we ignored you. We didn't mean to. Yeah, I think we were just a little caught up in what we were doing. Well, now that my science project's done, I can watch you hula hoop. Forget it. Doesn't matter. You're always going to be the oldest, and Michelle's always going to be the baby, and I'm always going to be stuck in the middle. Hold it, Goldilocks. See what I mean? I'm stuck in the middle again. Stephanie, sit down. I understand how you're feeling, but there's another way to look at this. There's a lot of special things about being in the middle. Yeah, your pop's right. Uh, take a bologna sandwich, for instance. What's the best part of a bologna sandwich? Bologna. And where's the bologna? In the middle. Bingo. All right. And uh, Oreo cookie. What's the best part of an Oreo cookie? Chocolate mochi Dunkin' in. Come on, Steph. You know where I'm going with this. I know. The cream's the best part. <laughs> yes, Joseph. The cream. And where is the cream? In the middle. Don't help. It's in the middle. Right. Steph, what all this baloney and cookie talk is getting to is every position in the family is special in its own way. Yeah, you're the only one in the family who has a big sister and a little sister. That's true. Well, should I? <laughs> well, another good thing about being the middle child is a lot of the mistakes we made raising DJ 
we won't have to make on you. I'm getting depressed. <laughs> Scotty dog sweater. It's it's cute. I, I definitely would. You know, now that I think about it, I think I wore something similar to that. when. But I was like 11 years old at the time. I wasn't, you know, seven. I, I don't, as a kid growing up, I'd like to wear stuff with animals on it or Disney characters. Worst outfit? I kind of want to give it to Joey's multicolored Cosby-esque sweater. Just, mmm, not really uh, the great greatest look. Like, eh, I don't like that. So I looked it up. Just Okay, um, for, okay. <laughs> Sorry, before I start jumping into this new topic. Uh, I kind of want to give the worst award to... DJ. I did not like her attitude. I didn't like the fact that she expected Jesse and Joey to help her even though she had a month to do this project and she just blew it off until the last day. Um, Tanner's teachable moments. And one thing before that actually when Danny's saying, you know, your sisters are there may be times when they need our attention. I'm like, wait a second here. There are three girls and three guys. One kid does not need two people to pay attention to her. There's a... Seriously. One of them could have said, Hey, yeah, Steph, I'll watch you, you know, sing a song and do your hula hoop thing. So Tanner Teachables for this episode are going to be... Give equal attention to your children. If... One of your children feels left out or 
Or even, that's even like when a parent is expecting a new child. I see sometimes like they do something special for the older kids so they don't feel left out. Like we do have a new baby. They are going to be getting more attention, but we don't want you to feel ignored and left out. I was uh, looking at a podcast. I'm like, I bet there's podcasts about middle children. There is one called Middle Children. Let's see. Middle Child Podcast. What's this one? There are even on Amazon, there are mugs dedicated to middle children. One says, I'm the middle, I'm the reason they changed the rules. (laughs) There's even shirts, one that says, I suffer from MCS, middle child syndrome. There's one that says, I'm just stuck in the middle. Middle child, the exceptional one. Uh, another t- Tanner Teachable moment is definitely going to be, don't procrastinate. I know it's hard not to procrastinate, but that was just unacceptable of DJ. That is just very unlike her because she is not one to procrastinate when it comes to schoolwork and just she just she got on my nerves all right so I went through all eight seasons on IMDb and I counted the total for eight seasons for DJ Stephanie and Michelle to see who had the most episodes about them I thought it was going to be Michelle that was going to win no DJ actually has 33 episodes Stephanie has 23, and Michelle has 28. So, yeah, it was pretty close between DJ and Michelle. I was just thinking about some other middle children. Uh, Lisa Simpson, uh, Alex from Modern Family. Oh, there's actually a list. Okay, yeah, here we go. There's an article here. Our favorite middle children on TV. Stupid ad. Get that off there. Lisa Simpson from The Simpsons. Jan Brady of The Brady Bunch. Darlene Connor. See, these are, a lot of them are ones I've mentioned. Darlene Connor from the uh, from Roseanne. Stephanie Tanner from Full House. Theo Huxtable from The Cosby Show. Let's see. Uh, apparently that's it. <laughs> but there's more. There, I mean, there's a lot more. When it comes to uh, middle children. I'm going to read a little bit of this article. If you guys don't care, you don't have to listen. But Alright. Being a middle child on TV is tough, or at least that is how TV television depicts it. I was the youngest, and that came with its own problems, such as trying to live up to the success of my older sister. Many TV families have three children, sometimes even more than that. Adding another child to the mix gives writers a chance to develop additional storylines if needed. We hunted all over TV land, looking at animated series like The Simpsons to classic sitcoms such as The Cosby Show, to try to find our favorite middle children, and here is our list. According to some, the middle child always seems to disappoint in real life, but believe me, this list is anything but disappointing. These are our favorite middle children on TV. This is TVOverMind.com. Lisa Simpson from The Simpsons. Having Bart Simpson as your older brother cannot be easy. Homer and Marge are too busy trying to control him to no avail. 
Lisa decided in order to be noticed, she needed to be the exact opposite of her rebellious older brother. And boy, has she succeeded. Aside from Martin Prince, Lisa Simpson is the only student at Springfield Elementary that has test scores high enough to give the school funding. She is even so responsible that she had to babysit her own brother. Though that did not turn out the best way she would have liked. Her business increased. Lisa can hold her own in a fight with Bart. Her wit and intelligence make her a worthy competitor. During an argument and one of the greatest middle siblings on television. She is one of my favorite characters. <coughs> Jan Brady from the Brady Bunch. Technically, Jan and Peter are both middle children. You know, just how I said. But Jan is the overall victor of who is the better middle child. Jan Brady had to put up with having Marsha Brady as an older sister. She was the grooviest girl in school. How could Jan ever live up to that? She decided to make herself stand out. She was tired of everyone comparing her to her older sister, so she bought a black wig to make others notice her. <laughs> I remember that scene in the movie. I'm the new Jan Brady! <laughs> love it <sighs> when no one wanted to be her boyfriend she invented George Glass to prove to her siblings that Marsha is not the only one who can get a boy to, to like her Jan even went as far as disowning her own family during the annual square dance because she could not take being around them anymore. I am making it sound like Jan hated her family, but she really did not. She was just funnier than the rest of them. Darlene Connor from Roseanne. Becky was the perfect eldest child on Roseanne. She was smart and did her chores and was the apple of her mother's eye. DJ was the cute youngest child who could do no wrong because it was just a little boy having fun. Then Becky decided to date bad boy Mark and elope. When she returned to Lanford, she was a college dropout doing nothing with her life. Once DJ grew up, got a he got a little less cute. So this left us with middle child Darlene. Out of the three Connor children, Darlene always got the best lines. She would get to say things like, You are about to become a strange smell in the attic to DJ. Or, I can make you feel like a man, David. Take out the trash to her boyfriend turned husband. <laughs> the thing that makes Darlene such a memorable middle child is the fact that she was always integral to the plot lines on Roseanne, something that cannot be said of Becky, especially in the seasons when she was played by the very awesome Sarah Chalk. Stephanie Tanner from Full House. Like most of the middle children on TV included in the article, Stephanie Tanner had to work for the attention she received from her family on Full House. Danny, Jesse, and Joey had their hands full dealing with baby Michelle, and DJ was just about to enter her teenage years without a mother figure. So what did Stephanie do to get noticed? <coughs> she made us laugh, of course. She even came up with two signature catchphrases to have herself stand out from her older sister, DJ. You could regularly hear her say, well, pin a rose on your nose, or how rude. Stephanie was even the center of two very classical Full House episodes. The first was Honey, I Broke the House, where she left, she's left unattended. Joey proceeds to drive Joey's car through the Tanner home. After that, she runs away to Becky's house, hides in the closet, which is one of the greatest scenes in the history of the comedy. The other excellent Stephanie episode is I'm Not DJ, where she gets her ears pierced by Kimmy Gibbler because she is tired of doing everything when older sister DJ did it. Yeah, that was Danny's rule. Like, I told you, DJ got her her ears pierced when she got to junior high, and you'll 
get to junior high, and you can never get your spears then. Theo Huxtable from The Cosby Show. Theo Huxtable was the only son of Cliff and Claire Huxtable and was also their middle child of five kids. On a, The Cosby Show, in very early episodes of the C series, the Huxtables only have four children. Sandra was later created because Bill Cosby wanted to have a child who was attending college. Theo had to put up with a lot of women problems having so many sisters, but he also got to have his fair share of fun. He paid older sister Denise to design a shirt to make him look cool in front of the girl, which turned into a total disaster. In a classic episode, Theo wanted to become a grown-up. Cliff and Claire always liked to teach their children a lesson, so they took everything out of his room and made young Theo find a fake job to make money to buy all of his belongings back. When Theo was not eating Cliff and Claire out of the house and home, out of house and home, he was also protecting his four sisters, making him a great brother and a middle child worthy of making this list. So Miss Mojo, if you're familiar with that YouTube channel, they do uh, countdown lists. They do, this is actually from two years ago, top 10 middle children on television. So let's see their countdown. How, how in the world did I forget Wayne Arnold from The Wonder Years? They're showing Corey Matthews from Boy Meets World, another middle child. Oh, Carlton Banks, where will we be without your, <laughs> your dance skills? That dance called the Carlton. Number 10, Randy Taylor from Home Improvement. Of course, at number 9 is Jan Brady. Number 8 is Wayne Arnold. Number 7, Corey Matthews from Boy Meets World. Number 6, Darlene Connor. So far, it's pretty much been just about everyone on the list that I named at the beginning of the episode. And, of course, Alex Dumphy from Modern Family, which is a show I, I definitely, I gotta get back on that. Every, it seems like since, like, 2012, it seems like every time Black Friday rolled around, I would always get the newest season. And most of those seasons are still in their plastic I'm going to get to rewatching Modern Family again one day. Carlton Banks at number four. Stephanie Tanner from Full House gets the number three slot. I'm curious to see who, I, I bet anything Jan Brady's going to be number one. I'm curious to see, they do do honorable mentions, so I'm kind of curious to see who the honorable mentions are. Lisa, of course, Lisa Simpson makes it in the number two slot on the Miss Mojo's episode of top 10 middle children on tv that that's right simon seville he is the middle child with elvin being the oldest and theodore being the youngest how did i forget simon sue heck from the middle which i've never watched that show before it definitely sounds kind of like a mix of malcolm in the middle Another honorable mention, Chris Griffin from the Family from Family Guy. That's right, because Meg is the oldest and Stewie's the youngest. <sighs> Number one, of course, goes to Malcolm. I had from Malcolm in the Middle. I had no idea what their last name was. I don't think ever. His last name was Wilkerson. I want to check out some of these comments here. Someone says, for some reason, I always thought Simon was the oldest chipmunk. <laughs> One person says, as a middle child myself, I approve of this list. Let's see, I am a middle child and proud of it. Best middle child on TV, Lisa Simpson. 
Why is Jan only number nine? She is the epitome of middle children. Even here, the poor girl gets no respect. Let's see, what about Kenny from South Park? He has an older brother named Kevin and a younger sister named Karen. That sounds so wonder years. <laughs> Some people are kind of asking why certain characters from certain shows weren't on this list. Another character of a show I didn't watch, Carrie Hennessy from Eight Simple Rules. What about Edith from Downton Abbey? Oh, she got it. Oh, I mean, woof. I mean, you had Lady Mary as your older sister. You had Sybil as the youngest. And oh, sorry, little alert. She passes away in season three. Another person says, I always thought Elvin was the middle and Simon was the oldest. I think, honestly, maybe that might be the reason because Simon is taller and wiser than Elvin. Wacko Warner from Animaniacs. Yeah, that's right, because Yakko's the oldest and Dot is the young. Okay, yep. Brighton from The Nanny. I did watch The Nanny back in the 90s. This person says, I think Corey Matthews and Randy Taylor should be in the top three. Barry Goldberg from The Goldbergs. That's right, yep. This person mentioned Edith. Lady Edith from Downton Abbey. Yep. <laughs> Someone mentioned Richard Cunningham from Happy Days. There's D.W. from Arthur. I don't watch Arthur, so I don't know. Max Braverman from Parenthood. Another one from the show Weeds. Shane Bot... Was it Botwin? Yeah, um, he ended up being a middle child. I think it was in, what, season five, season six, when... Um, the mom, Nancy, ended up having a, a baby, so that made Shane the middle child. Eddie Winslow, well, I mean, he was a middle child until what season? Like, maybe the third season? They sent Judy upstairs and never heard from her again. Someone mentions Bailey from Party of Five. That's right, because there's Charlie, Bailey, and then Julia, and then, of course, Claudia and Owen. This person also didn't know Malcolm's last name from Malcolm in the Middle. Like, his last name is Wilkerson? I waited almost 19 years for this moment. Lady Edith Crawley. How is she not even an honorable mention? Oh. A lot of love for Lady Edith. I'm still remembering the episode where their par her parents are talking about, you know, once the girls get married off and how... Then we'll be stuck here with Edith. <laughs> I gotta see if I can find that clue. That's right. Lucy from 7th Heaven. A lot. A lot. There are definitely... Carol Seaver from Growing Pains. No one mentioned... No one mentioned uh, Mallory Keaton from... Uh... Dewey Duck. There's another one from DuckTales. A couple people mentioned uh, uh, Max from Fuller House. I'm sorry, no, Eddie wouldn't have been the middle child. No, it would have been Laura Winslow being the middle child. From What is wrong with my head? Where is my head? Where is my head? I don't know. Uh, I just thought of another character, uh, the movies, but also books. Greg Hefley from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. All right, everybody, I think that's enough for now on Middle Children. I hope you all have a great week, and I hope that Jody Sweeten has a wonderful birthday.
Happy birthday, Jody Sweden. From the All My Lanta Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. Bye-bye.